Hi guys, I'm Christopher of The Digital, joined today by Laura and Alyssa, two marketing um, strategists here at The Digital. And we're going to talk about the somewhat outdated um, term, term black hat SEO versus white hat SEO and maybe touch upon why we would want to use different terminology. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, one of you guys can explain uh, what they are and what the difference is. Yeah, so white hat SEO, just to use the antiquated term, um, but white hat SEO is just looking for ways to improve user experience uh, in an ethical way. So providing value to the client, um, not relying on manipulating Google's algorithm, which is what black hat SEO is. Um, so we were just talking about how we're not a huge fan of the term white hat and black hat. Um, I don't know if we want to dive into that, but uh, yeah, black hat SEO, it's just kind of using unethical tactics to increase a, a site or pages rank in search engines through means that um, they violate Google's algorithm. So it can be damaging to a business's reputation. If they're caught, they can even get blacklisted by Google. I actually do personally have experience with some of these techniques and I shot myself in the foot many years ago. Um, so I can dive into that now or later, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I have my own digital marketing business and I learned about link building and I decided to purchase some links from Fiverr. And it was one of those get 1 million DA domain authority, 30 plus backlinks. And I was like, all right, 50 bucks, let's go. So I purchased them and it was just, it was garbage. It was spam sites. It was shell websites and coupon sites from distant countries pointing back to my, uh, my business's website. And I was attempting to obviously grow and look legitimate and be legitimate. And that completely tanked my, my domain authority. And I mean, granted that is kind of a, a vanity term, um, made up by Moz, but it is an indication of Google's search algorithm and their ranking signals. So I kind of started off on a bad foot there, but it taught me a lot about <laughs> what not to do. So that's fun. That's a really great example of bad SEO versus good SEO. I mean, you think that getting links, that's good SEO. You want links, but you don't want bad links. And that's sounds like what happened and that, you know, in the long run, is never good if they're, it's a little bit harder to get the good links and back links, but you know, it's worth it in the long run to not. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask, did you see um, any change in your traffic from search engines? Like did, when you purchased the links, did it oh, like yeah. temporarily like spike and then crash or? It absolutely how? spiked, but it was all bots. It was bots and people from uh, other countries that, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I was running a digital marketing business, so I don't care where they came from, but they, they weren't actual users. Mm -hmm. It was all, it was all spam. So, I mean, it might have looked as if like in the short term, it looked as though it was working. And so as an inexperienced SEO many, many years ago, <laughs> I thought that things were going really well and I was thrilled. But again, when I realized that they were bots and where the traffic was coming from 
and it was just vanity metrics and, and false positives, I realized what I had done. And by that point, I honestly am not sure where I stand in Google. The last I checked, I had like a domain authority of three. <laughs> it's not, yeah, yeah. For, for people not familiar, um, th that, that's a pretty bad score. <laughs> yeah. uh, one being the highest, um, you know, zero being the lowest. Um, so, so circling back to the terminology, uh, bad. So, I guess the way we talk about it internally typically is bad SEO versus good SEO. Bad SEO that is in violation of search engine guidelines. So, you're not breaking any laws. Just Google, being a business, can dictate um, best practices and rules, and um, if you don't follow them your website could appear lower in the search ranking or disappear altogether um, from search. So what are, maybe you guys, what, what are some examples of bad SEO that you've seen coming in from clients who maybe worked with a previous agency uh, and some of the examples that you, you saw before you know, kind of set them on the right path? And Alyssa's example is great by, by backlinks or crummy backlinks. I feel like that's pretty commonly used, unfortunately. That's like the usual go-to, just purchasing low-quality backlinks, not really vetting them. So I was guilty of that personally. Um, doorway pages, too, essentially like building a page solely to rank in search engines rather than just providing actual value. It's just irrelevant, and it might even be a redirect to another page. But doorway pages, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, keyword stuffing too. I haven't seen that too too often, but that's another commonly used one. Um, like using invisible text, the same color as the page, and just stuffing yeah. keywords in there. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a while, but yeah, there was. I remember there was a while when invisible text was very popular and common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I once had um, a client that came to us and they were working with, I think it was something like Fiverr or um, another company, and they had purchased SEO, SEO views or organic views, which that's not really a thing you can actually do. I didn't really understand what that meant, but it was similar to backlinks in that they were getting a ton of traffic from states where they did not practice their business at all. You know, we just wanted traffic from the one state where he could travel around and work, but uh, he was getting traffic, organic traffic from states that were across the country and were not useful at all. So we had a lot of traffic, a ton of traffic, but no actual conversions. And I don't even to this day know what buying organic views means really. Yeah, so so I, I'm familiar a little bit with uh, with what they might have been doing and the thinking behind it is uh, you can purchase um, to be part of a program where they take over your browser, they'll enter a keyword, they'll find your URL in the search, and it's all automated by robots, and they'll click on it. So then you're increasing um, your click-through rate in Google artificially, and then you know you can you know you can have a certain dwell time depending on how you program the bot. Um, so by doing this in Google's eyes, if you don't get caught, you know you're 
are you're sending signals to Google like, oh, this is good content. People are organically finding it, clicking on it, and, and think it's good. Uh, so that might have been what was going on in, in the example you presented. But to your point, it's your your inflating artificial vanity metrics. Okay, you're getting increased traffic, but it's not targeted traffic, and it doesn't lead to increased conversion. So you're just throwing away money. Right. And just to, I know we've been talking about bad SEO, but just thinking about what is good SEO, it's not hard to practice good SEO. Um, A good way to think about it is, I like to think about SEO as a combination of making a website look good to Google, but also to people. So you if, if someone's going to click on a page and it's being immediately redirected somewhere else, like Alyssa was mentioning, that's not good for the person clicking on it. They don't want to see that. They're not actually getting the information they want. Or if they see a bunch of weird keywords on the page, that's not actually what they want to see. That's not very helpful. So good SEO is really just making sure that the website is helpful for other people, you know, think like a person instead of a robot. We also want to think a little bit like the Google algorithm, but this is for people in the long run. It is for the average, everybody on the internet, the average person searching. Mm -hmm. So what do they want to see? And that's, uh, I think that's just a good rule of how to know if you're doing good or bad SEO on a kind of general level. Yeah, yeah I, I think I mentioned this in the last um, podcast, but uh, Google famously said that, uh, or one of the things they look for is if your website ends a user's search intent. Um, so if your website's, to your point, providing good quality content, then I, I, I would think you're doing good SEO. Um, so what are, what are some examples of good SEO that we might do for clients? Um, I would say, to your point, Laura and Christopher, producing high quality, long form content with the aim to satisfy user intent. So think like a bot, but speak like a human, you know, Uh, so identifying on page opportunities to just bulk out content, uh, guest posting for backlinks and, um, you know, just producing good quality content with that's branded to you, relevant to your business whether that's on your site or off your site, um, providing a good desktop and mobile experience um, and making sure that your site loads fast. Mm-hmm. And of course, just claiming your Google My Business listing, just making use of every resource that's, that's available to you. I also think spreading yourself across the internet in an authentic way. So, mm-hmm. so that's a lot of on-page, um, but then there's the off-page like the guest posting or um, having a social media profile can help and being authentic and reaching your uh, customers or your own clients there through your website, through your social media platforms. Um, So not just on your website, responding to reviews, uh, soliciting reviews across the internet. It's always great to have a lot of Google reviews or Yelp reviews. Um, So showing that interaction with your happy clients um, is another good way to add SEO value to your website, even if it's not directly on your website, it still links back. You guys bring up some great points. Um, Alyssa, circle back to your, what you brought up writing good quality content. 
I think sometimes maybe if some clients will be like, well, I'm, I'm the lawyer or I'm the expert in the subject matter. Um, so why don't I write the content? Why would I hire you to write the content? So maybe you can illustrate um, or expand on your point of, you know, write for people, but think like a robot. And what are some of the things that we're looking at when we're writing quality content that's part of good SEO that um, the business owner might not be thinking of when, when if they were to write the content themselves? Yeah. So to your point, uh, you need to speak kind of like a layman, essentially, when you're writing for a website. Um, I mean, we're not experts in in law and business law. If we're working for a lawyer or an HVAC company, that's their specialty. And not everybody knows the lingo and the jargon that has to do with a special field. Uh, so it really has to do with user intent and what the layman might use to find your content. So um, us as digital marketing experts, we can dive into your competitors. We can dive into industry research, market research, keyword research, and understand what people are using to, to find your specialty, to find your field, how they can help you. And that's really what Google is trying to provide at the end of the day. They're trying to help people um, and provide the best quality content. Um, so that's pretty much it. Right. If, if an HVAC company thinks this is, this is what we do, this is the term that is used for the service we provide, but people don't actually search that, that's where the SEO or marketing company comes in and says, this is what people call it. We can teach them about it. We mm -hmm. can bring them in to your particular service and prove your um, experience, like your worthiness. Um, but we just need to use different terms or write about it a certain way. Um, and that is where working together, I think, is you know the best way to create that content. Um, yeah. Working with the expert and then the people who understand how the internet works, how people search. Um, but that was a great question. Chris. Yeah, great question. Additionally, you can add schema. Um, so that's something that's a little bit more technical on our end, on the digital marketing end. Um, we can add code on the back end that delivers context to the content for search engines because search engines won't necessarily always understand like they should get the general gist of what's on the page just with the text but if you have a video we're able to or an image we can add alt text or schema markup um, that delivers more context in a granular way to search engines um, so they understand every element to you know, a very minute degree. So that's something that, I mean, hey, maybe you're a lawyer that really also is passionate about schema markup and you can do that, go for it. But uh, yeah, that's not necessarily, that's very specialized. And that's the speaking to the algorithm part. That's exactly. That is not gonna harm the speaking to the person part. It works together. Yeah. Cool. Uh, circling back to something you brought up earlier, Laura, you mentioned um, the importance of Google reviews and maybe you can expand on, on that and how it affects showing up in the three pack. Yeah, so Google um, knows what's important to people. It's able to tell. And I think everybody would agree that when we search for a service or a restaurant to go to, we're going to just check out the reviews and Google knows that we do that. So um, if you have 
are able to get a lot of reviews on Google My Business, um, recently changed to Google Business Profile, um, or Yelp, or um, on your website even, um, Google checks that and sees it. So it says, okay, these humans are reviewing this place. They're giving it five stars, must be good. So it will then um, promote you more and promote your website to get it higher and higher to get into that three pack so that you're the first restaurant or business that shows up for your keyword in the um, map section, that three pack on top of the search. Um, so it is another case of the algorithm and humans working together. So people enjoy it and the algorithm notices it. Cool. Well, I, I think we covered the topic pretty well, kind of um, explained to um, potential listeners out there the difference between good SEO versus bad SEO, or if you want to use the antiquated term, black hat versus white hat SEO. Um, are there any final thoughts? Don't buy backlinks from Fiverr. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. call. Check your it's okay if you make a mistake, but you're going to have to work harder to come back from it maybe um, and do a little bit do a little bit of research so you don't have to learn the hard way um, we've all done things like that Alyssa you know yeah absolutely thinking something is going to be legitimate and it's not um, so and do homework on the agency that you choose to work with make sure that they don't do bad SEO techniques obviously because surprisingly there are a decent amount of agencies that that use it, that use those tactics because they do work. But if you get caught, you know, you could be blacklisted. It just damages your, your reputation. So it's not worth it. And I will say it's, there's a lot you can do with digital, um, you know, the information that you get through digital um, tracking and analytics is astounding, um, but you don't have to use it for nefarious or bad SEO. You can, you can have that information and use it for good. And it's like Alyssa was saying, vet the organization you want to work with because they can maybe spin something they're doing that's bad SEO as good SEO. Um, so there's, there's a lot of information out there and you can do a lot with it, but just making sure that you're doing it for good and not bad is going to help you in the long run. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I'm sure that if anyone's listening and made it this far, they probably have some good takeaways. And uh, I'll see you guys around. Thank you. Thanks.